You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I'm your host, Jill Saskin-Gales, and I'm here with the co-founder and CMO of Vendasta, Jeff Tomlin. Jeff's passion and innovative nature are what drive the success of his business. While conducting market research and developing strategies, he is always measuring and analyzing the effectiveness of the marketing efforts. Jeff is constantly developing and iterating marketing and public relations plans, seeking out the most effective paths. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So Vendasta is a platform for companies that sell to local businesses. And we've been hearing a lot you know, post-pandemic about the resurgence of local business and changes in e-commerce. So I'd love to hear your perspective on what changes you're seeing in the local business landscape. Are you seeing a resurgence there? Yeah, no, 100%. And continued adoption with the digital technologies. You know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there's a lot of local businesses that had some catch-up work to do with, you know, big brands. So online organizations and the big brands that have a great online presence and you know it was required to have a strong digital commerce offering and way way for you to interact with a business online before the pandemic and as the pandemic came you know there's a lot of businesses that were just really far behind and some of them well i have to say like there's a great portion of them that just figured it out really really fast because it was an existential problem to them you know, it it was do or die. And uh, when their back was up against the wall, there's an incredible amount of adoption, particularly through payment solutions and e-commerce solutions. And then there was still like a great number of SMBs that weren't, didn't really have a strong digital presence to begin with. And uh, they got online and they, they survived and now they're thriving. And so how did you come up with the idea to start Vendasta? Oh, uh, <laughs> that that's a good question. Uh, I think first off, it was uh, a need to eat at the time. There was a bunch of us that were working at a, at a previous company and, and we had designs on, at that organization, we were focused on a particular vertical market and we wanted to do something in a, in a bigger way. And we had a vision to do something bigger, working specifically with small and medium-sized businesses. And so when we started Vendasta, we, we, you know, we initially started consulting because also we had to eat and we put together a plan that eventually got us to, you know, what we're doing are on the path to what we're doing today. And, um, uh, the, you know, the very first few products were simple digital marketing tools for local businesses, reputation management, social media management, mobile optimized websites and local listing management and, when we first got into the market, we, you know, identified ourselves as a technology company first, and we didn't have a lot of experience building out massive sales forces. And uh, so we, you know, we, we turned and we said, who ha- already has relationships with SMBs, who has a brand and, and traction? And at the time, traditional media companies were facing traditional revenue declines, and they were looking for digital solutions. And so we started working with them and then started working with marketing agencies and we decided to just focus on selling through a channel and rather than selling direct ourselves. And that's, you know, how we got started and going on onto the path of where we're at right now. So starting with a few key products, expanding into more products from there, more services, 
channel partners and and continue growth that way. Yeah, and we've stuck with the channel partner approach right now because, you know, we had decided fairly early on that if we were going to be selling through a channel, you really had to be all in on the channel, which means you had to provide a lot of support to them and build tools for them because they're selling products. They're not the ones that are building those solutions. And so you have to provide sales education, you have to provide marketing tools, and you have to create a great experience for them to deliver those solutions. And so that's, you know, what led us to building a platform to help, you know, distribute those solutions in a, in a way that creates a better experience than small businesses are used to. When they're buying technology, adopting technology, and then trying to optimize how that technology works for their business. And as chief marketing officer, what are kind of the top two or three priorities you're really focused on going into 2023? Oh, you know, I'll give you one priority because I'm trying to have focus right now. Oh, good. (laughs) And and that's focusing on brand and building brand. You know, recently we've uh, started, you know, in this past year, uh, we've acquired a couple of companies and this three logos that we've acquired recently. And then thinking how that all fits into into one organization and telling our story and creating a compelling brand that's going to have a long life, is a, it's a challenge, especially when you're bringing new organizations into the mix. And so that's my, you know, my top focus is, is building brand and figuring out, you know, what does brand mean to us and how are we going to shape that going forward? That's interesting because with a lot of startups and smaller businesses, they tend to be really focused on performance marketing. And so when you start to, I wouldn't say move away from that, but add into that this focus on brand that you mentioned, it really suggests a level of sophistication and growth for the business to be so deliberate. And, you know, what does our brand look like? How does that manifest? How do we, you know, incorporate these other brands into our own? Well, you're exactly right. And when you get to the level where you're scaling your business and, you know, you're trying to take it to, you know, 100 million in revenue and plus and grow it past that, you know, the brand is the the underlying thing that, that you know, drives all of your sales and marketing efforts. And so it's really imp- important for a, an organization, uh, again, as as you're expanding your current offerings and you're potentially bringing other organizations into the fold, figuring out what do you want to be known for? What is the promise that you're delivering on a consistent basis? You know, because the brand is, you know, a shortcut for people to make decisions, right? Definitely. And so how do you think about building a brand today, given that this is your number one focus and priority? How do you build a brand? Um, so that's a good question. How do I, how do I summarize that? Um, first off, you find a really good framework <laughs> to work from. <laughs> We're marketers. And, we love uh, our frameworks. <laughs> Yes. And uh, critically important. And and then, you know, you work through it. Like marketing isn't magic. It seems like magic to a lot of people because you see marketing that really works. And then you see a lot of examples of marketing that doesn't really work. And you wonder what what separates the really good stuff from the, the, the really marginal stuff. And it's usually, you know, people that have just done a better job of working through solid frameworks and putting all the pieces together. And you know, for, for our work sitting down and trying to, you know, redefine our brand and, the, you know, the story that we're telling, you, you really have to start at the core principles and, and the, you know, the vision for the company. You know, what is our core purpose and our vision and, and, you know, the mission that we're under? What are those things that, you know, drive our economic engine and what are the things we're passionate about and what are the things that we can be, you know, best in the world at? That's sort of the, 
you know, the hedgehog process that Jim Collins talks about. And when you can identify, you know, the, the intersection of those three things, what you're going to be best in the world at and what we're passionate about and what drives your economic engine, you know, at least the areas to focus on. And, you know, if you're to summarize, or at least if I was to summarize all of the work that you have to do in go, going through your branding exercises, you know, it comes down to, you know, what I had previously mentioned about figuring out what you win at and what is the promise that you consistently deliver on where when you're telling your story and people come along for the ride with you, what are the things that they end up being thrilled about and talking to others about? And does that fit in that hedgehog concept? And if it does, you're off in the right direction, I think. And we often think about a brand as the external manifestation of a company, but you've alluded to a few times here how there's a lot of internal soul searching that needs to happen, how it guides internal decision-making. So can you talk a bit about that when you're building a brand, thinking about kind of the internal work involved versus the external work involved? Yeah, no, that's great. You know, I think when you see brands not really working or in an organization, regardless of the size, it's when you don't really have internal alignment around what you're, hey, what are we trying to accomplish here? You know, what is our top level story? And, you know, why why do we make a difference to our customers? That, and it's particularly differences that other people don't deliver on. And so that's, you know, why, why it's so important as you're going through these, this process to start at the very, very top level around these principles that guide the company, because it's the very beginning of organizational alignment. And if you agree on those things and you agree on the direction, what you want to be known for, um, then you can put together practices for the different types of teams and themes that make sense for everybody as you march through your plans for, you know, the year, the two years, the three years and going forward into that. And when you have that great alignment, you know, the product makes sense with the, you know, the work that the, the messaging that the marketing teams put out makes sense that, you know, what the, what the sales teams tell the customers and it makes the ongoing customer experience for your existing customers. It all makes sense when there's that strong alignment to the top level direction. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
And so as a marketer and a consumer, what are some brands who you think have a really strong brand identity, brand presence, who you think do this brand building very well? I think HubSpot does a great job almost feels like a cop-out. They're, they're an easy example because they're often the, you know, the organization people hold up as you know, a great set of marketers. But they did, did a really good job right off the, the hop of nailing their story. And you know their story was really, hey, marketing sucks today and, and there, there's a better way to do it. And you know their story and sort of their principles, you can see it right throughout their content and the way that the the sales teams conduct themselves. They want to be an organization that is helpful. And so you can see that in the massive amounts of content that they pull out. Then you can see it when you interact with salespeople at the organization and, uh, and executives. So they created a category and uh, they did an amazing job of that. And, you know, they became that category. And so I, I think, you know, they're one example of a company that's done just a, an incredible job of building a brand. And living that inside and out, like you mentioned. And living and breathing it, yeah. So how did you get into marketing? What's your origin story? Oh my gosh. I, I went to university and I got an, an economics degree. And uh, the only thing I knew for certain when I got out of university uh, was that uh, I didn't want to be an economist <laughs> in any <laughs> shape or form. And uh, it was really funny. I was in the College of Arts and Sciences and I wanted to do something in the in a business direction, but... After my first year of university, I ended up getting a 50 in math and a 50 in my first economics class. And then I went on to decide that, hey, this is the area I should major in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Glutton for punishment. (laughs) Really curious decision making uh, back in the time. But, you know, from, you know, the education and going forward, I was always kind of a numbers guy, like numbers and, you know, a couple of years outside of uh, after university, you know, it was like 1996-ish and, you know, some buddies and I got together and we thought, hey, you could probably make some money in this internet thing that's going on. And so what one of them was working in um, human resources at the local health district. And so we just decided to create resume and cover letter templates in Microsoft Word, just with form fields and drop down boxes and we just created a, a big collection of these templates and we put them together in a zip file and we built our first website in Microsoft Publisher and it was a terrible looking thing. But when we started doing that, you know, I had to you know, start learning how to write for the web and I had to learn how search engines worked. And, you know, the search engine landscape was totally different back then. That was the day of Alta Vista, yes. Hotbot and, and Excite. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, that's a different era. Ask Jeeves. Yes, yes, Mama, Dogpile, the Metacrawlers. And uh, I, it was just, it was fascinating for me. And I just absolutely loved figuring out how not just to write and then optimize content to get it found, but then how to figure out the conversion funnel. And that was the first time I started doing that. And, and yeah, I was hooked after that. Wow. And so what do you think is sort of like the um, Alta Vista, you know, of today? Like back then, there wasn't a practice of SEO. You were just testing and experimenting with this new technology to figure out how to grow your new business. What do you see as kind of that next thing that we're all just starting to figure out in marketing right now? Oh, man. You know, I, I think that so many things are have been figured out and they're just like we're just we're just iterating on them now and just mm-hmm. making all of them a little bit better. I, I feel like 
you know, the, the core principles in, in our field are all kind of figured out, but there's just like better and better ways of doing them. And I think like going forward right now, people are really figuring out customer experience and how to make CX just get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And, and you know, we had introduced design principles and we've got marketing automation solutions that can really make a, a much better customer journey. And now that, you know, there's newer technologies coming out with that can start to further automate it and they're starting to use AI and they're trying to make the, you know, the marketer's job a little bit better, but the, the customer's experience even better because, you know, people today, we have smaller and smaller attention spans and we want what we want and we want it right now and we don't want to think about it. And so, you know, there's this race and this push toward what is the, you know, the perfect customer experience and, you know, how much friction can I get rid of throughout the whole process? So I think that those are some of the really interesting things that people are just trying to, trying to optimize for right now. And there's a lot of cool things out there. It's true. The amount of friction a customer is willing to experience to buy something online and, you know, 98, 99, very different than the amount they will tolerate today in 2022 going on 2023. 100%. And, you know, I'm the type of guy that I've always loved marketing. You know, when I got out of university, I I would watch like Ron Popeil infomercials and I'd just, I'd be the big sucker. I'd want to buy everything that he was selling. And uh, so I was loved anyone that did a great job at sales and marketing and, and told a great story. And, you know, it's interesting your comment about, you know, the amount of friction someone would uh, accept way back then, totally different than today. And uh, I'm amazed at a, a lot of marketers now online and the experiences that they create selling products, like especially on social platforms and really, you know, succinct videos, telling a great story in seconds and showing value and then creating this just you know given the mobile platforms that we have now and how integrated payment processing is how simple it is for me to go and buy something off a really short ad so most people don't want ads but being a practitioner i just i I love seeing ads especially the ones that work (laughs) absolutely it's interesting you mentioned creating value my favorite definition of marketing is wikipedia's definition, which is that marketing is all about creating value for a target audience, creating value for a set of users. And I think what you're saying here is those principles of marketing and sales have not changed the importance of storytelling, but just the immense tools and resources at our disposal to do so have changed. And consumer behavior has really changed. So the bar is getting higher and higher each year to really market effectively and create those great experiences. You know, I love that definition of marketing, and I think that I'll steal that from you because it describes how marketing and the mindset of marketers has changed now to value creation and how I create value in my conversations, as opposed to the way we thought about marketing in the past. One of the definitions that I used to use of marketing was by a gentleman by the name of Sergio Zyman, who is the marketing czar of Coca-Cola back in the day. And his definition of marketing was marketing is a practice of selling more things to more people for more money more often. Which is also <laughs> and, a good one. But. Which is also a good one. <laughs> but I like the focus on creating value because the other stuff I feel will just come as you figure out how to, how to have a value conversation and then figure out how do I just add more value. 
over time. Absolutely. And so do you have any favorite apps or podcasts or books or newsletters that you follow to stay up to date on all the changes in our industry? Oh, I I have a lot of different email subscriptions that I lose track of, and I've got a channel of all of them just streaming in. You know, most of the stuff that I'm dialed into lately revolve around SaaS metrics and the way that we measure how efficient our organizations are. And it's been where my head and my world have been at for a long time. By the way, one company that does a really great job in that area is OpenB Ventures, and they talk a lot about product-led growth. And uh, something that, you know, we've been focusing on for quite some time. And I think it's of critical importance. And then other, you know, things that I, uh, I, I listen to are in terms of podcasts are just for fun. Things like smart, smartless. <laughs> Doesn't have to be all business all the time. Not all the time. My last question for you today is what advice would you have for someone who's just starting their career in marketing today, maybe starting their first marketing job and wants to try to set themselves up for success for a long career in this ever-changing industry? What's one piece of advice you would give to them on their first day as a marketer? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'd have a lot of advice uh, if it was just one thing. Uh, Be curious. And, you know, a marketer can't survive if you're not curious because there's a lot to learn in the field. And if you're a self-learner and, you know, when I started out, it wasn't so easy to find all these frameworks and ways to do things. Like you could just figure out how to do stuff now, you know, just search for it, find it, figure it out, do it. But you have to be curious. And so probably the most important attribute of a marketer these days and then, you know, you also have to be competitive. Marketing is, in a lot of respects, getting more and more challenging because of the, the, the amount of messaging that's out there and just, you know, the, the volume of content in, in all the different mediums that we consume. And you can't survive just being marginal, especially if you're creating content and you're creating messaging. It needs to be 10 times better than everything else that's out there for you to get noticed. And you can't get there by just being sort of interested in the field. You really have to learn, your, you have to know your stuff. So hence the curiosity being, and then you have to be driven and really driven and have like an unrealistic expectation of winning. And, you know, that'll serve you well in your marketing pursuits. Be curious and set unrealistic expectations. I like that. Thank you so much to Jeff Tomlin, co-founder and CMO at Vendasta for joining us today. I'm your host, Jill Saskin-Gales, and we'll see you next time on Marketing News Canada. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.